I bet Tom is actually editing out those jokes <laughs> before they go to air. One of us should really listen to this thing after it's done. No. I know Derek listens to all of his and, and tweaks and adjusts and it seems fancy. Derek's a fancy guy. He's just not lazy. Giant robots smashing into other giant robots. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing Into Other Giant Robots podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Chris. And we're going to be talking about the products that we manage at ThoughtBot. I run an app called FormKeep, which provides form backends for designers and developers. And I, Chris, run Upcase, our subscription learning platform for aspiring web developers. You know what really grinds my gears? What would that be, Ben? It's on Twitter. So do you know John Carmack? Uh, name definitely sounds familiar. He uh, was the programmer behind Doom right. and Quake and all those yeah. things. Um, so he tweets about stuff that is like t- typically highly technical, mm-hmm. uh, 3D graphic-y stuff. And he's into like VR and stuff now, right? Yeah, he works for Facebook slash Oculus. Right, okay. That's he's the familiar. CTO of Oculus, I believe. Um, and so he tweets these things that are relevant to his like day-to-day work, which are like very, te- very technical. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a programmer myself, but most of the words don't aren't familiar to me because okay. I'm not like familiar with that domain. Um, every time he does this, so he has a, a million, like a bunch of followers, as you expect. Yeah, he's very famous. Every time he tweets out something vaguely technical like this, people make the same jokes, like I I understood some of those words, or like yeah, I was thinking the same thing too. And everyone that does this, I assume, thinks this is an original joke, mm-hmm. but every one of his tweets will have multiple people do this about it, and it infuriates me. It grinds my gears. All right, so I have two suggestions. Okay. Two, two uh You act options. like I want to solve my, my gripe here. Yeah, no, do you, do you want to keep the gripe? Is this a, is, do you have a... All right, let's, let's hear your suggestions. Okay, two suggestions. The first is, eh, don't worry about it. See, that's okay. Next. Okay, so the second, we build a Twitter bot. And by we, I mean you, because I don't care. Yeah. But you build a Twitter bot. Mm-hmm. It sees any time he posts. It finds the similarity between the replies, and it replies to each of them saying, really funny original joke with a link to point them at where it can be seen that their joke is not original. I, I like it. Um, it's along the lines of what I have been thinking of doing. Okay. Which is start a, let's say, a document that has a link to every tweet where someone has done this. Yep, okay. and a counter, and then when someone does it again, I'll just respond like two hundred and thirty-seven, and the link to them, and they will see that their tweet is number two three seven. Yep, I think that might be good. Yeah, like I want people to feel bad. So, do you follow him? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay, you said that. Why do you follow him if he tweets stuff that you don't? Um, is he interesting? Like, no. Okay. Uh, it's. I guess it's just. So, is there maybe a? I don't know. What, no, it's not. I don't do it because I want to see these tweets and fear. No, I'm me. saying like it, are can you just unfollow him and that covers this like, i mean he... yes that would get rid of the gripe in that i wouldn't know about it anymore do you want people to stop making bad jokes throughout yes. all of humanity yes okay so I what is this, your platform so the, for the this? problem is actually the general problem so okay. uh coda hale wrote a great post that's a, that's kind of about this called fan out i think it was called okay. um like twitter has high fan in i think is what it was it's like I can post a thing and then suddenly thousands of people might respond to it. Mm-hmm. So I have like, I don't know, I, I don't know how many followers John Carmack has, but way more than I do. But I have also experienced this problem, which is that if I tweet something for which oh, there is yeah. a fairly obvious response, I will get three or four of that same response, mm-hmm. like pretty consistently to the point where like I'll often like try to anticipate the obvious response and like uh, block it in some way yep. or like make it less obvious. Um, and, and he just has this problem, but times 10. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay. 
both of us have this problem at very different scales. This is actually a wider problem. And I think Coda Hale's post is, is a great discussion of what it is, of, of like the core, the root of the problem. So you're, are you actually looking for something that can help no. get rid of that signal no. or no. that noise? Not really. Okay. I, Just I, a gripe. This is like, I wish I could snap my fingers and change all of humanity to like realize that their, their knee-jerk joke, someone else is going to make. Like, first of all, your knee-jerk joke sucks. You're not funny. Stop. <laughs> wow, I feel, that's not really hostile. This I, does sound really hostile, which I feel, is sort I do of feel uh, hostile. off for you. I, I'm, not, I'm not that upset about it, but, like, it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I am deadly serious it's about really, how it's really not, not funny this you're, is. B- people think they're funnier than they are. A friend sure. of, we're veering way off the rails, but a friend of, a friend of mine sent me a, an OkCupid profile, which is this guy, that incl- and includes the line in his profile, I'm very likely the funniest person you've ever met. And his profile is not at all funny, which is just like to me another like a uh, bit of evidence of like people are really bad at self-assessing in general. Mm-hmm. And this is another way and they're bad at, at self-assessing, which is like, ah, oh, this joke is humorous. Or they just think this isn't on Twitter. Like it's not that this is this funny, but it'll let me interact with this person. And yeah. it'll be like a fun little exchange for both of us. But they don't understand what it's like to be on the other side of that. <sighs> This is a waste of energy. I there's, feel worse. There's I feel a, like this is bad, bad radio, and I don't feel any better. I don't know. I mean, it's catharsis because you got to that point at the end of it, right? I think that's a useful place for you to get to. I, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I'm hoping to make the world a little bit better. Like maybe some people will hear this and also like repeat this um, knowledge out into the You're world. You have a nice fan out of this knowledge. That's what I'm hoping. Yes, let's use this platform for something positive. No, nope, that doesn't seem get like people that's to happen. stop doing things. Good luck, though. At least, at least check and see if someone has made the exact same joke. So I agree that with that. That should be the as bare minimum. Thing, you should get banned from Twitter if you get caught not doing that. That's true much more broadly. I think people are extremely lazy. So like what you're describing, eh, I can't really care that much. It's a mild nuisance, but it doesn't actually hurt the conversation in my mind. Maybe it does because maybe there's actually good responses that are now lost in, the, in kind of the fray of all of these poor jokes. But I see the same thing on GitHub. So people posting yeah. issues that are identical to issues that have already been opened. But Okay, yeah, that's, I guess, that feels I like have, a different thing to me. Really? So I see it as the same, so you're saying, like, at least check if someone else has made your joke first? Yes. I'm saying check the to- issues. Totally, yeah. I mean, if there's an obvious search you can do, and, like, you should search the existing issues before you open a new issue, for sure. Mm-hmm. That actually feels worse to me, and from, and from a laziness point of view. Yeah. Mm, but I don't know. It's even easier to look at a tweet and see what the responses are. I don't know. But it's all the more important but, to do it on GitHub, and it literally has a search box there. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's similar, I guess. I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, but yes, I don't want to just be like, oh, yes, people are lazy, therefore, well, we're doomed. Oh, well. I'm trying to make the world a better place, Chris. All right. Let me let me live in this beautiful world. I, I hope you get to. I just, I just I picture him rolling world. his eyes so hard that they break. Like, I'm worried about his eyes spraining. <laughs> Because I roll my eyes that hard, and I don't have to deal with it every time I tweet something. Yeah. Like he does. Well, I mean, he probably has gone numb to it and stops looking at the responses, which is a little sad. It means that he doesn't have that interaction point with society. I want to, I haven't, I think every time this happens now, I want to get the mailing address of people who make this, and I will send them a carton of paper on which are printed the number of times people have made the same joke to him. You are escalating. I'm going to show up at their house in the middle of the night and give it to them. All right. All right. Well... That How'd, was. Uh, let's let's do a, let's talk. Let's some talk about happier things. happier things. I'm actually in a really good mood, just, despite <laughs> all that. I, I think this is. See, 
yeah, this that sort of breaks one of my personal rules about not spreading like complaints into the world. You do have that rule. So I don't know. Maybe this will, should not become a recurring segment. I don't know if it's it's good for the world. I think it probably isn't. We can cut it out of the podcast, and you and I can have that. But it's true. Using your platform, I think we this. should ship this one, and you should tell me what you think about it, my grapes. You being the audience. Yeah. Okay. The royal you. <laughs> ben, how was your week? It was good. Why don't I start? Because you have some. We have some stuff. We have some it's stuff. It's like you have some more stuff. So I'm gonna go first, yeah. and we'll get through that, and then we'll talk about your stuff. Um, so we did not ship any activation improvements this oh, week, no. which is like kind of unfortunate. Um, we did a really nice job of uh, doing the last thing first and the first thing last. So we basically started by saying, "I know what we should build." And then Tyson went off and like mocked up what we should build, and like we started implementing stuff. And then um, we're like, "Hey, what if we talk to customers?" Mm. And then we talked to customers and was like, "I guess maybe we shouldn't build this. Actually, we should build something else." Uh, so that has been a fun reminder of the core flow of how you should build things, which is maybe start with the talking and then start not with the talking to the users, raise the price, reduce features, yeah, and loop. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, we did not ship anything on that front, which is frustrating, um, especially because Tyson is about to ro- rotate off. Tyson mm-hmm. being the designer uh, who joined us for a couple weeks. He's going to go on to Upcase for two weeks now, and then I will get him back eventually. But um, unfortunately, the activation process is, is no better than it was. Um, we did manage to ship a couple small things, like the, uh, or we will <laughs> quite shortly ship, I'm counting it, uh, the, uh, some improvements to the thank you page. So like our default place we send you after you submit a form we would love to turn, you know, if you submit a form and we would, it'd be nice to turn some of those people into customers. So do all plans currently come with the option to remove the form keep branded one and replace it with their own or is that? Yes. Anybody can do that. But some don't. And so you're figuring yes. why not take advantage it's of It's like that. the second most trafficked page on the site after the landing yeah. page. Uh, so, cause some people just leave it. So it's, you know, why not have a little, Hey, did you want your own form? And, and right now we kind of have that, but the, the wording is kind of confusing, and so there's mm-hmm. just some improvements to that. Do you this, know what percentage of users, what percentage of your customers have custom page there? Um, I, it's the, the data knows. I did not know off the top of my head. Okay. So that was a small thing, but hey, it's it's progress. Uh, form linter development uh, was what I spent a lot of time on this week, uh, knocking out the, the final few bugs and issues and things like that. No bugs. No bugs? No, you can't work on bugs. What do you, you mean? you got to market it. Uh yeah. Also, Were like the bug showstoppers. There were enough that like people reached out to me on Twitter and said, "Hey, I tried it and it broke mm-hmm. in this way." And I was like, "Yeah, that's I'm gonna fix that." Um, so yeah, that's where that is. It's now ready for ready to market. Ready so to market. Another good op- example of doing the <laughs> the last things first. Yep. Uh, I'm mastering that process right there. Uh, and we launched an ad on Designer News okay. just now, uh, which is cool. Uh, that has been a really good. So uh, we made a post a long time ago when we launched Formkeep on Designer News. It's like a normal non-sponsored post just saying, yep. hey, like we have this Formkeep thing. And it still drives signups for us. That's interesting. Uh, like a decent chunk of them. Mm-hmm. And so we said, hey, why don't we try advertising on there? So that went live just now. I think it's up for a week is how long it'll be there. And uh, we'll see. Hopefully people will flock to us in droves. Hopefully. Yeah. I also talked to you a whole bunch. Yeah. That was a, a chunk of my week. What did we talk week. about? Uh, we talked about changing upcase's business model whoa yeah seems big i'm not a fan of big aggressive moves like that i know so, but i super am and so I, I maybe have convinced you you maybe have uh yeah so uh it's interesting because we're recording this and this is going to go out in the future and by the time this goes out into the world i imagine this will be 
well, we might not be doing it at all, or it's going to be much more fully formed. But right now, this is an idea that's uh, come out of a number of conversations between you and I. Mostly at the core of this is I've been working on Upcase for a while. Uh, mostly I really enjoy it, but it's kind of draining. I wouldn't say that's the core. I know that's the core from your perspective. I don't think it's the core of the idea. Well, I think that's the impetus, if nothing else. Okay, that's what right. started so that's the, conversation. the conversation. Fair. Yep. Uh, I don't believe it's the reason to do this, but it is. Uh, I've been basically feeling burnt down. I was talking about possibly rotating off the project, thinking about getting someone else in here. But you very, I think, astutely asked the question of, okay, so let's say you rotate off. Uh, what does this look like for the next person? Because mm-hmm. at this point, both you and I have come through this, and we felt similar burnout. And I don't necessarily want to speak for you there, but I think that's accurate. That's accurate. Yep. Uh, this thing, this ship, this uh, monthly recurring revenue-driven business takes a lot of continuous input of energy to keep going. So we had a conversation about, well, what does it look like for the next person, and how do we get Upcase into the best shape so that someone else can kind of come in and pick it up and run with it? Mm-hmm. Uh, And what we seem to have settled on is the idea of moving away from the idea of monthly recurring revenue. Uh, So moving away from a subscription basis that you pay a certain amount of money every month and that unlocks essentially all the content. Uh, Basically, at this point, we've boiled down to a single type of access, which is everything. Uh, You can be on an annual plan. You can be on a team plan. But there are no distinctions in what you get access to for any of those plans. That's the current thing. Yes. Historically, we've had a number of different variants, different ways that we've tried to structure this. We've had weekly iteration-only plans, a bunch of different things. But in general, we've opted towards simplicity. We've opted towards focus. And it's been subscription. You pay that amount. You get access to everything. And what we've noticed is... The weekly iteration does feel like it's sort of core to this conversation. So the weekly iteration, for anyone that's not familiar, uh, it's a weekly screencast series or video series. Uh, it's a on some programming topic. Typically, another designer or developer from ThoughtPont will join me, and we'll talk about a topic. Uh, so we produce one every single week. They take a non-trivial amount of effort to produce, to plan, to actually do the recording, to do the post-production, uh, final notes, putting everything together. And what's interesting about them is they seem to be both core to the ongoing success of the recurring revenue model. People highlight them as a thing that they keep coming back to. They also highlight them as the thing that sort of reminds them to come back to the product. Uh, And it is also the recurring aspect. So that's why people are still okay to pay money every month. Uh, That said, the content, despite I think we put in a similar amount of effort and a similar have a similar bar of quality that we try and maintain on it. Uh, The videos see a very interesting viewership pattern. They get viewed uh, aggressively the week they come out. We basically send an email to everyone that's a subscriber. They watch the videos, and then the following weeks, it tapers off and drops down to a very low point. So they basically only exist to sort of fuel this engine moving forward, but they're not, uh, at least in the subscriber's eyes, not viewed as evergreen content. Mm. Um, So we thought about different variants of that, but really what we thought about is at the end of the day, there's just this constant input of effort that's necessary, and are there ways that we can move away from that? Uh, So what we're thinking of is uh, instead of being a monthly recurring revenue model, we're going to go for one-time purchases. We're actually going to swing all the way back to the thing that was before Learn. Uh, So yeah. I would pitch pitch that thing differently. Again, a whole different thing. Sure. Upcase gives you a bunch of value on the first day you sign up. Mm. If you wanted to, and people do, you could go download 100 hours of content. Yes, this has happened. 100 hours of video, video, all kinds of stuff. You could, if you wanted, scrape the forum or whatever. But 
uh, basically on day one, it's most valuable. And as you use it, it gets less valuable in the sense that there's less and less left. Yep. Uh, you could also, like I said, just scrape the whole thing. And then basically after that first day, there's nothing there except that every week a new w- weekly iteration drops. Yep. So in that sense, a subscription model doesn't feel like a great fit. Mm-hmm. Subscriptions are great if something gives you continual value and ideally increasing value. Uh, but Upcase is, is very front-loaded. And so this is probably true for many things, but we see a really strong drop-off after the first month. Yes. So like I think over half of people that churn, or like over half of people churn in their first month. Is that accurate? Um, like in a cohort? That sounds slightly higher than I would have expected, but it, it, it is distinctly the standout period most yeah. people that most people churn in their first month and then it's a long tail kind of after that yeah now my guess is that's pretty standard for almost any subscription thing like mm-hmm. you just have some people that it's not a good fit for uh, but i think upcase is particularly likely to experience this because you could just grab everything and then yeah. be like okay, yeah i think goodbye. the interesting way to view it is there are products with which you come in you don't get value and therefore you churn in your first month what's odd about upcase and similar platforms is you might churn in your first month because you've gotten value, right. because you feel you've gotten the value it, and it's gone. Uh, and you're gone. Actually, we see a lot of people that uh, subscribe for one or two months, and then they say, cancel, going on a break, something like that, and they come back a few months later. And so they basically circumvent the whole recurring revenue thing. Mm. Uh, and I don't want to stop that, and I don't want to prevent people from, like, that's well within the structure that we built up, but it's not awesome for us. Yeah. So, so t- to me, the I'm just I'm trying to keep it from the customer perspective. Like mm-hmm. there, are, there are reasons there are reasons on our side, and I think those are like valid as well. Yes. But I honestly think, up like one-off purchases makes sense for courses of this nature. Yes. And that's pretty common as well. Like if you look at, I think, uh, you can look at a lot of like info product type courses, mm-hmm. and they basically all have like a one-time payment. Yes. And they'll often have tiers that are separate things, and that might include like a coaching component that happens over time or something. Yep. But this is a pretty established model and i think it's because it makes sense it's because like we're going to dump a whole bunch of video and workshop like worksheets and mm-hmm. you know whatever onto you and in exchange you give us a bunch of money and then that's we're kind of at the end of that transaction yep. at that point you've gotten value we've gotten paid and things are good upcase feels a little forced as a subscription yes we sort of had the sense of like okay well, i guess if people are people are paying every month we got to give them something constantly every yeah. week what if we made videos every single week and just started this treadmill and i was like when does the treadmill stop well it never stops uh so from our perspective that's tough too uh so that was sort of the initial impetus i guess yeah and i think continuing on with uh your focus of it from a customer perspective which is certainly the right one like we may have our reasons that we like this internally but at the end of the day we want it to be the right thing for right uh, subscribers and people that will be using this content and one of the things that stood out to me pretty quickly as we started to have this conversation was the idea of a subscription model and as uh, of you get access to everything means that we sort of are constrained into a holistic curriculum We're trying to give you everything you need to be a web developer. Mm -hmm. Um, But frankly, we don't have a ton of people working on this, and it's difficult to actually live up to that. Mm -hmm. So everything that we produce, we want to fit within that. This is great for all of the people that are subscribing, which likely has a tendency to uh, lead us towards content that might be great for everyone, but not perfect for anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going as deep on certain topics that people might like. And I think that's actually where we, ThoughtBot, might have the best things to say. We've actually seen, like, people have been turned off by content that they feel like is too far from the core mission because yep. 
they do feel like it should be a curriculum sort yeah. of thing. So like we made some Haskell stuff and people would explicitly call it out and they canceled saying like, I don't understand why there's Haskell stuff in here. Like mm-hmm. I'm here for rails. Yep. And when you give them access to everything for a, a flat rate, it's like you expect there to be cohesion among right. the things. Whereas we probably could have, and like, and people signing up for Haskell were upset that there was not enough Haskell. Exactly. So it's like, okay, we've, we've satisfied no one. And yet there was, this, I think a situation where we could have charged you know, a few hundred dollars for that Haskell course and had mm. ha- happy people who bought the Haskell course right. and had, you know, happy people buying Ruby courses. Yep. And additionally, as we try and enter any new market, uh, increasingly ThoughtBot is a polyglot company. Like historically, we were perhaps a Ruby on Rails shop, but that's definitely uh, not the only thing we do. It's something that we do, but it's not the only thing that we do. And as it's we try... Shifting and, rapidly, I would say. Yes. Um, I think Rails will be in there for a long time, but mm-hmm. we're seeing Python and Go and Haskell and Elixir and a bunch of JavaScript stuff that changes every week and mm-hmm. all of these different things. And so trying to introduce that in the context of a holistic curriculum on Upcase is daunting. Right. Uh, like from day one, if we produce, say, content about React, we're going to have a small piece of content about React. We're going to have one course. Mm-hmm. Uh, at best, that's what we can launch with. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, we, we have React now. And people will come and say, well, yeah, you have one little course. But if that's exclusively the thing that we're selling you, mm-hmm. you'll know what you're purchasing. They'll decide if that's worth it or not for you, and you can purchase that discreetly. Mm-hmm. Then as we build up more React stuff or any other topic, now we can sell a package of all of those things. Yep. Um, and so thinking about that in a way that that would free up the model of what content can we produce, how can we structure it, what, what exactly can we offer, uh, that actually was really exciting to me. So that, mm-hmm. I think, will allow us to actually produce better content in the future. Mm-hmm. So yeah, lots of interesting and exciting stuff that falls out of this. It's a little bit humorous to see that we're kind of going uh, 360 on where we've been historically. Right. So that that's where Upcase started was uh, was like one off. Yeah. Courses like this. Yep. So w- in person workshops became recorded videos of those, which were sold one off. Those were collected together under the umbrella of Learn, which became Upcase, which is now possibly going to rotate back and be more of that. Yeah. I've actually convinced myself of a hybrid model. Since we've started like kicking this idea around, you mean in the last twenty four hours? Yeah, cool. All right. Yeah, what do you tell? Um, so I, I I mentioned this like an hour mm-hmm. ago to you. I think so. We have a bunch of weekly iterations. Yep. There's one hundred and twenty of them or something. It happens to be that you send an email every week to people to say, "Here's the like the latest iter- weekly iteration," mm-hmm. and a bunch a bunch of people watch it as you said, and then and then it kind of falls to the back down to like a a very very low viewership level. Yep. And so, especially when someone signs up and sees over a hundred things, like in a list, they're pretty unlikely to make much progress to the catalog. Like to me, it's almost a disservice to have that many videos. It's mm-hmm. like, what should I watch and when? And is there a sequence? And what's the best? And it's kind of like, yeah, you might go through and pick a few and watch those. But I think most people kind of watch the weekly one that you send them and then don't really do much else. Mm-hmm. Um, so my suggestion is to like to take that catalog and to drip it out to people. It's interesting. So have one-off purchases for the courses and those are like large big ticket items yeah but also have a we also have a weekly screencast series you sign up and you get a new screencast every week mm-hmm. and that's what we tell people and that's what they get and the screencasts happen to not be recorded every week because we've already put hundreds of hours into recording editing doing notes linking right. blah 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 they're still great content we pick the stuff that is most evergreen so it doesn't it doesn't seem dated yep 
um, we can still make more. But it gives us another revenue source that I honestly think will still be fairly popular because mm-hmm. like the weekly iteration might be the best part of Upcase. Mm. It might be that it's like it's like seventy percent of the goodness. Yeah. And so like no one will miss the one off courses, or if they do, they can buy them. But you might see a similar business that remains by keeping that hybrid w- weekly iteration thing. And given that no one stays subscribed, like the average churn time is like six months anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have about a year and a half of it, you're going to cover basically everyone and never have to do another bit of work on that kind of. Yep. Um, it's definitely something that we can pursue and I, or that we can look into. I'm really intrigued by the idea of those emails that go out do drive a lot of traffic to the site and do drive a lot of engagement. And so I, I like that, but I also feel... Uh, somewhat awkward about constraining it. Like part of what I'm excited about this is removing constraints on myself. And mm-hmm. if I were to do that, uh, then you know I'm applying constraints to what people can watch, mm-hmm. and that feels a little bit odd. Because what if someone wants to watch these five specifically? I'm really interested in testing right now, so I want those. Mm-hmm. So I'm almost I'm more interested in packaging up, doing a little bit of let's review, let's look at what we have, let's decide on the ones that we think are really that top uh, top quality stuff. Uh, possibly clean them up a little bit and then package those and say, here are five about testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think these are great. These fit well within the broad testing thing. And there you go. But breaking it down so that it's more approachable and so that it, it re-highlights that content. Because now you're you're purposefully purchasing those. Mm-hmm. You're going to watch them. You're not going to treat them as like, cool, they got a new one. Eh, whatever. I'm not going to look at the old ones. Yeah. I mean, I think you can do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's compatible with also having a that, I think, is the most interesting thing. Like, would people be confused? Would they want this thing where we send them, where we tell them which one to watch? Are you thinking of actually locking it up? And... Oh, definitely locking it up, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, on week one, you get access to one, and then you, week two, you get the second one. You can mm-hmm. watch one or two, and onward. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that's most exciting about this is uh, we've sort of lasered in and narrowed the focus very strongly. It's $29 a month. That's what you pay. You get access to all the things. And that's it. And there really hasn't been a ton of room to move. We've tried a little bit with some pricing stuff. You've talked about some broader restructurings, but they felt it didn't feel like there were any small changes that we could make, any ways that we could really experiment just a little bit. It felt like we had to do something big, a whole different model. But now by going to this whole different model, it feels as though we're going to have a lot of opportunity to try different configurations, to try different offerings and structures and payments and deals and really there's just a lot more to work with here mm-hmm. what we currently have is a very static offering and it feels hard to move with that hard to toy and test and play with mm-hmm. this new model that we're talking about seems like it gives a lot of different levers that we can pull in ways that we can test it and try it does out. although i'm curious why you have that feeling that like the old white was not amenable to experimentation um i mean partly it feels like we tried a lot of things and none of them were too successful uh and they were each variants on getting some access to some of the content. So we basically had a weekly iteration plan, which was a reduced price plan that gave you access only to the weekly iteration. Mm-hmm. Some people were interested in that, but not a huge number. Mm-hmm. Uh, small enough that we decided to close that off, actually, at one point. Mm-hmm. So that was an experiment that didn't seem to go anywhere. Um, similarly, we had coaching plans, but that took a, a large investment of effort, and so we decided to close that down. Mm-hmm. We tried a uh, pricing test at one point, and there seemed to be price sensitivity specific to the band that we're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that probably has to do with sort of anchoring and our competition in the space. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of other people charging about $30 for a recurring access to learn to program content online. Yep. Uh, so I think we might have just kind of found ourselves in that 
local plateau mm-hmm. along with all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's certainly other ways that we could have done it, but it immediately on thinking about this new one, I'm like, oh, we could do this and we could package these together and we could tell a story with this and we could do deals and lots of different things came to mind immediately. Yeah. I mean, I think some of that is just that it's a fresh field to mm-hmm. till. But so it doesn't sound like you actually the old thing was not amenable to testing. It's just that you didn't find anything that was better than what you had. Possibly. And there is a, definitely a concern here that this is just grass is always greener. Well, and we'll uh, switch it over and find that this also feels rigid and not uh, successful. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't mean that as a criticism. I was just trying to like clarify, like, because your original statement was that like it was hard to test, or hard to change things, mm-hmm. and we actually changed a bunch of things. It was just that none of the things we changed to seemed better than what we had. Um, like, I don't think one-off purchasing. I mean, does it does it really have that many different levers you can pull that than you have now? Um, it does feel different to me, yes, because like the relative price points of things. There's basically only two ways. We've only described two ways to enter the product as it stands. Maybe three if you count the coaching, I guess. But you were still getting access to the majority or all of the content. Mm. And now we're breaking it down. And the way that we can package things, Mm -hmm. that seems interesting. Your idea about dripping out weekly iterations versus packaging them up, those are different things that we can try. Uh, The relative pricing of an individual course versus a package that it's part of seems interesting. Mm -hmm. Also, just the distinction between different pieces of content. Like Vim has a different audience than Rails. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a Venn diagram and a big old overlap in the middle, but they're mm-hmm. not the same. Right. And so what we can, we've been trying to sell to an audience and say like, you want all of this. And some people just want Vim or right. Git or Tmux. And some people want the whole thing, Rails and yep. everything And people else. have actually explicitly asked to buy single courses. Yes. So we have had it in the past as yeah. a feature. Yeah. So yeah, interesting. I, I think it's promising. Yeah. I'm optimistic. I am also optimistic. Um, I think the hybrid thing with the weekly iteration thing would, I think it would be silly to not try. I think there are a lot of pluses to recurring revenue. I think you can have a very low effort recurring revenue machine with, yeah, without doing a lot more work. I think it would be, I think it's worth a shot for sure to build the machinery. Yeah. And so, I mean, recurring, I typically think of as forever, but, um, (laughs) well, so not forever, but in the idea of it doesn't have a fixed end, but that's not necessarily required. I think what you're describing is something that's like, we have six months of content lined up for you. Mm-hmm. You pay on a monthly basis for that, mm-hmm. and you keep going for however long you want in that. But it's not going to go on forever because we're not going to be necessarily producing new stuff. Right. Except that I think because you already have so many made, it's effectively forever. Like, if like <laughs> if, if you took the best 75, 75 weeks is a lot longer than most people stay subscribed, right? Like, maybe true, 5% yeah. of people make it to that point. Yep. So, like, it's basically forever. Yeah. We might not ever need to write the code that detects there's no more weekly iterations. <laughs> you know, like that, no, someone might never even get there. We did not prepare for this contingency because it turns out it wasn't. Like, just on. like we yeah. raised an exception, exception, uh, no more weekly iterations. And we just email somebody and go, sorry, uh, we're out. Do you want us to cancel your thing? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think the weekly iteration is really good. It's a really good content. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that it's made fresh every week is only like 10% of its goodness. So I th- I think you can yes. get a I think you can get a business that's like maybe makes sixty to seventy percent as much money as Upcase makes now without making them every week. Mm-hmm. There's like part of me that almost thinks like maybe the first thing we should do is do that, like don't even change anything else, just stop making brand new weekly iterations and see what happens. 
Yeah, actually, as we were having this conversation, I had the same thought. Like, can we do that and just see what happens? Yeah. I'm guessing it will hurt, but how much will it hurt? It will hurt with the existing people, right? Possibly. Yep. Because they'll be like, oh, I wanted the new stuff. I've seen a bunch of recent ones. Yep. I'm, I'm upset. Although, like, you could even by subscriber choose the right video. Like, it's like, we know you have not watched this one yet because yeah. we have analytics. So I, I know I'm sending you a new thing. Why do you care? Or a thing you haven't seen. Like, why do you care if it's made <laughs> two weeks ago or 10 weeks ago? Or, yep. Um, and also the weekly iterations are made like in batches anyway and then released and no one really knows or probably cares I don't know I, I, I worry every time that I'm going to wear the same shirt between two recordings because then it looks like eight weeks in a row and yeah, wear the same shirt I, I don't think that's like no one checks that I know Yeah. <laughs> only I check that so yeah I, I think this would actually be a really good first step mm-hmm. that also frees you up for the other for other things frees us up frees everybody up yeah I like it. I think it's a good first step. I'm still intrigued by the other stuff, but I think it makes sense to probably try this mm-hmm. um, because it doesn't commit us to the broader, bigger change. Right. Um, and you might find that like, wow, without the weekly iteration, I actually have plenty of time to do other stuff. While, like, maybe I want to do something different than move these things to one-off purchases. or something. Possibly. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it still feels like a better fit business model-wise. Yeah. I still, it still feels like it's worth doing. Yep. But I like this as like a first step along the way. I don't think throwing away that like the entire subscription and to be clear we wouldn't just like shut everyone's subscription off mm-hmm. the idea like if we did entirely eliminate recurring like subscriptions i think we would just say no new signups and let people peter out basically yeah but i think not i think you have a, a thing on your hands that could be successful without a ton of yeah doing. and i mean particularly the idea of i'm pretty sure for almost every single user i can give you a new weekly iteration for the next 20 weeks that mm-hmm. is uh, top quality and you know those sort of things. Yep. Um, it's an interesting concept. I think I think that's the right thing to do right now. Always interesting when you uh, live pair program on a podcast, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. business pair program. But yeah, that makes sense. I, again, I still think the broader change makes sense moving forward. But let's try this. Okay. Let's see how it goes. That sounds good. Yeah. Thinking out loud. Thinking out loud. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, I'm tentatively excited about all of this. Basically shaking it up. Shaking it up feels like the right thing for a lot of reasons. For sure. I think like Upcase has been at a similar revenue level for a little while. Mm-hmm. And it's been in a similar state for a long time, more more importantly. Like years. Like years. It's basically been the same product. Yep. And so I like that this is at least, at the very least, a dramatic change and attempt to find something, you know, better. Yep. So that seems positive to me. Um, do you want to go to questions? Yeah, let's go to questions. Okay, cool. Be a short episode this week, but that's fine. Yeah, well, it's uh, we got to go try some stuff and see how see how yeah. it works. Come back, report on it. Sounds good. Why is the product better for your customers than last week? <clears throat> uh, we released a weekly iteration. It's a good <laughs> one. We're going to release more. I'm recording next week, so okay. Uh, maybe that can be your last last batch. Potentially, I think it should be. Uh, what have you done to acquire more customers? Um, nothing of interest. Okay. Uh, and we, you and I decided offline, uh, we talked about this last week, but mm-hmm. we decided to make a, uh, a tweak to these questions. So uh, the next question is actually a little different, which is what's holding you back? I actually had written down in preparation for this uh, a lack of clarity on like where to start, how to dive into this work. But actually in this conversation, I think I now have clarity. Mm. I know that first thing to do to try things out. And uh, so, yeah, restructuring that, building out a thing that sends an email every week, but it's a different email. It's one that's topical, but not new. Uh, mm. Seems good. So mm-hmm. we're going to do that. Uh, so I don't know. I think I'm unblocked. Cool. Uh, yeah. So what are you excited about? Trying some different stuff, seeing if we can make something stick, still maintaining high quality and providing great value to our users without necessarily having to 
ship something just for the sake of shipping every week. Mm -hmm. Shake of sipping. The shake of sipping. That sounds like a World of Warcraft item. (laughs) Uh, What is your MRR? The MRR is 34148, which is down $80 from last week, which is 0.2%. Okay. Ben, how is your product better for your subscribers this week than it was last week? Uh, well, if you count Formlinter as my product. Which I don't, but which, that's fine. Well, then uh, <laughs> Formlinter is better than it was. Uh, Formkeep itself, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we have n- did not manage to ship on this week, sadly. Unfortunate. Uh, what did you do to get more subscribers? Uh, we launched an ad on designernews.co running now. What's blocking you? This week, the, the biggest contributor felt like uh, fragmented attention which I'm actually kind of happy, I'm okay with as well. So like when I say fragmented attention, I mean like working on stuff that's not just form keep. So you and I spent a lot of time talking this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have been working on getting someone working on Hound and similar things, thinking about products more holistically. So it's blocking me from being as productive on form keep as I could be. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with it because there are, other, there are things beyond form keep that I want to think about and focus on. So cool seems like that's sort of a trend in uh, some of your recent weeks i think that's going to continue i think that uh, yeah i think that's just how it's going to be for a little while because i and and i'm happy with that i don't want to just focus on my this my tiny little spot over here Mm. uh i i like i get excited by new stuff and shiny and and all that so i like being able to kind of flit around it'll be fun when uh that which is old can be new again for you with upcase yeah yeah it's already kind of seen that way yeah uh what are you excited about uh, I'm excited about Upcase, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we're basically, I don't know if you noticed this, but raising prices and deleting features, more or less, over on Upcase land. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, I'm pumped about that. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the product. I think it's there's potential. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your MRR? We are up 1.5% or $134 to $9,101. That, uh, that phase shift that you had in your graph where yeah. it just jumped by some number of thousand dollars totally uh, like fifteen hundred it looks like just seems to be holding yeah that's nice yeah and i haven't gotten a single angry email wow at least about this how long has it been someone told me he's gonna sue us when's the m- really <laughs> yeah actually yeah did you then just refund their money and it was over yeah <laughs> it, from his perspective some crazy stuff had gone down it was like a weird interaction between our dunning service mm. and other things where it was like, we tried to charge him like a certain amount and then I emailed him told him the pricing was changing and then he was like, that's fine. And then we tried to charge him the art, like the old amount went through. It was just kind of this weird interaction between like three different things that oh. from his perspective was like, I'm going to charge you X. And like, guess what? You just got charged four X. And then he was like, what the F? Yeah. I'm going to sue you was his response. And I was like, um, okay. I've, uh, I've definitely, I think we've talked about it on the podcast as well. Occasionally I'll get support requests that are very heated. Yeah. And then the minute I respond like a human, they immediately de-escalate yep. and are just like, yep, oh, okay, totally. I'm talking to a person who's not trying to screw me over. Never mind. Let me also be a human. That happened uh, to this guy too. He's like, yeah. oh, thanks very much. Great support. Appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. Like, you it's, just threatened to sue us. <laughs> I think it speaks to the broader world of customer support though and how terrible it is and how people, <sighs> you know, job. the Comcasts of the world have... Well, to be fair, they are bastard people. They've conditioned us to expect a certain amount of runaround and things like that. Yeah. And when real people run businesses and have a certain amount of autonomy and freedom to decide how they want to run that, yeah, you know, you can act like humans, which is really great. I so much prefer acting like humans. Yeah. Cool. Well, good job on that. Mm. And now you can kind of, it's got that magic. You can just kind of set your business adrift and, you know, do some support from time to time, but go look at other stuff. You mean form keep? Yeah. That's yeah. kind of monthly recurring revenue I want. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, Project Formcube has been a success so far. I'm pretty happy mm-hmm. about it. Uh, I want to move to the no credit card trials and lock down this activation stuff. And then I feel like the high leverage stuff is, feels kind of gone. Like nothing else screams to me like there's money waiting underneath this rock. I still think you got to do some marketing. Uh, no, no, no. No, I know you feel marketing that. is never correct. Uh, Always <laughs> writing code is the only way to run a product. It's interesting. Our focus throughout most of these conversations, yours has been almost entirely inward like around the product and talking to users and things. And mine has been mostly outward and marketing and inbound and things like that. Mm. It's an interesting, uh, I don't know, comparison. Mm. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right that like, you could always say that marketing is, is important for, for all products. It's true that if we don't do like invest, invest effort and money in marketing, like we're not going to do as well as we could. Mm-hmm. That's always true. It doesn't feel like my jam as much. <laughs> You know, like I, I, I need, I need help on it. Or I guess yeah. I don't, I, I could like go off down that path, but it feels like a different career path. True. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think I feel similarly. I've never felt totally in my depth doing yeah. the marketing stuff, but I think that's where potentially an augmentation to the product team could really help. Yeah. We need some market. We need some interns. Some interns. Some really inexpensive marketing interns. Uh, yeah, that we've been uh, having some basically people. some people who know what they're doing around this stuff. That um, would be cool if you could hire. Uh, if we could, yeah, who knows? We'll talk about that later. Let's but yeah, uh, later. yeah, marketing always a thing. But yeah, I think I'm gonna maybe cut form, keep loose a little bit, and just mm-hmm. let it be its do its thing. Which is the nice thing about a product that doesn't require shipping in a weekly iteration every week. Yeah, you know, we could swap. I could go do marketing on Formkeep, and you could go do product backend changes and talk to users on Upgates. I mean, I think you know what I would do. I do. I'm I fine just, with that. Yeah, we just outlined it. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe that'll happen. Maybe. That'd be crazy. We'll have to change our podcast intro. <laughs> we would, collectively do some hours. stuff. I don't know. Take hours. Yeah. You done? Are you so. done here? <laughs> Are you done? I think we're done. I think we're done. Okay. Today's show was produced and edited by Tom. You're my boy, Blue Obarski. <laughs> if you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to giantrobots.fm slash 202. Thanks for listening. Thank you.